All right, welcome back to the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. We uh, took a week off. We had an accident happen. I'm here with Yorton, my buddy, who we watched James Bond today. And then here's a guy, Jared, who has five staples in his head and a broken rib. And he said, I cannot miss talking about this movie. It's it's Midsummer, y'all. And so he's here to talk about Midsummer, despite the fact that his head's cracked open. So first of all, Jared, you doing all right? Yeah, no, um, I just want to forewarn everybody listening. If you're going to break a bone, break a normal bone, like a regular person, like a finger, hand, arm, leg, don't break a rib. Because when you break a rib, guess what they tell you? Uh, Good luck, because there's nothing we can really do about it. It'll heal. So you just got to sit there in pain for anywhere between four to eight or six to eight weeks. And it sucks because it's in your core. So any just like the first few days, I um, if y'all have seen Rick and Morty with Mr. Meeks is like he's all yeah. so like existence is pain. No, that's a broken rib. Existence is just pain because just sitting on the couch just hurts. So no. break a finger. That's your advice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is the first bone. The first bone that I've broken, um, and uh, hopefully, if I do break another one, it's quite literally something else instead of a rib, because this sucks. <laughs> Jordan, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, doing got better. Nothing that <laughs> nothing that hurts right now. So yeah, I can't complain. Um, all right, so let's talk about Midsummer here. This is our first movie in our horror month. We're gonna. Extend our horror month a little bit just to get all three of us in. It's not going to be a problem, though, because we all love horror movies, except for Jordan. But, um, <laughs> all right. So, Jared, it's been made clear in previous conversations that Ari Aster is your, uh, I'm not going to say favorite, but definitely climbing the charts for you as far as like favorite new director. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He has two movies. Um, so, this one and what we watched last year. Hereditary, both horror films, and so he is um, definitely becoming one of my favorites. I and mean, he lost a little bit of momentum um, because, you know, obviously, right when he finished this movie, um, COVID was coming right up behind him. Uh, COVID hit quite literally six months later. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say he lost a lot, a little bit of steam. He wasn't able to stay in the director's chair for rapidly, like right after this movie. You know, some directors like, oh no, I have success. Now I'm just going to start being able to do every movie I can. So that's why it's kind of a little bit of a step back for him. But I cannot wait till he comes back with his other movie. And uh, so when we get to talk about this movie, uh, as we talked about Hereditary, the themes, the underlying theme, the major theme is horror, but the underlying themes are so much more. Um, and that's really what he want to, what he really focuses on. He just used horror as the storytelling vessel for the real message he's trying to get across. So you said a lot there. It's hard to break down. Um, there's so many different ways we could send this conversation. I'll just say this. You said you talked about um, what's the first movie he did? Hereditary. Hereditary. And yeah, so they, these are very different movies, but you can tell they share the same DNA. Just the way he... He he films the movie. Um, I, I'm going to say both movies have a quality about them that make you try 
to guess what's going on the whole movie. Right? It's like, what's going Oh, I bet you it's this. Oh, no, I bet you this is happening. And then when it's revealed, you're like, oh, I was way wrong. <laughs> I was oh, way yeah. wrong the whole time or something. What's up, Jordan? You look like no, That's one of like, my favorite parts. I was oh. going to say the big thing that I will say that I like about him that I enjoyed both mo- uh, movies. This is sh- his shooting a film where he goes very unconventional about a lot of things. I'll bring up Hereditary, the one of the first scenes in the movie with the whole dollhouse into the real house. I thought was really cool, and this one also had like cool and very distinct shots and. That's probably the biggest takeaway I, I'll say about him is just the way he can shoot uh, shoot a movie always makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, you were saying something earlier. Oh no, and I love that aspect when people try and like guess what's going on um, during these movies, and every time they guess, especially when I'm watching it with somebody who hasn't seen it yet, and then as they're trying to guess, and I'm have this giant grin on my face because I'm like. You'll never get it. You'll never understand where this is going to go. And it's just like, even when you're trying to guess the twist, Ari throws in like another twist. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those like, hey, I'm not a double agent or a triple agent. I'm actually been working for the same corporation. You just think I'm working for three different other corporations. So it's just like, it's one of those weird twists that he always throws in. I didn't realize the cast was... Like I like Will Poulter's in this. I didn't, I didn't know he was in this. I knew Florence Pugh was in it, but I didn't. I guess I didn't know Will Poulter was in it. Um, and William Harper from a few things that I recognize. And I think he's in The Good Place. Am I wrong? Oh yeah, uh, Cheedy. Yeah, he's in that show. I mean, I recognize him. The, I would say they all did pretty good, except I didn't like the boyfriend. I felt like he was a a subpar actor. My, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll say with him, he knows how to just uh, act like, man, I'm completely drugged up. Since a good chunk of this movie, that man is just <laughs> the last half. Awesome. Sure. <laughs> Can we talk Dedication about he's probably high. the worst friend and boyfriend at the same time? Like, he does some stuff in this movie where it's like, by the way, guys, she's coming with us. Um, and it it was your idea. So get over it pretty much. You know, just telling his friends like. You have to go along with this. I know we didn't agree to this, but she's coming along. So bro trip is over. Um, and you're, you have to be cool with this. And then later on, he's like, I'm I'm stealing your topic for my paper or whatever, my, my thesis. Like, I'm just going to take it. Even though we came here for you to do your thesis, I'm now going to steal your idea. Kind of a douche. Oh, no. He's – um, and I'm not going to say that he was bad actor in this movie – he did like like deliver some lines kind of flat, but he played the role of just like a douchebag boyfriend slash friend like extremely well. It was subtle too. And, it wasn't like over the top and, of a douche. It was like, no, this guy's just no, no, it was so and like that's the part about it. Like, I mean, obviously when it comes to his high level acting skills, I don't think he's like a high level actor. But when it came to just playing this specific role, he was like, Yeah, man, he's kind of good at it. You're kind of good at it. I liked it. Man, I will say there's always I'm I'm starting to realize in every so it's, he's two for two this this um, Ari Aster because he includes a scene in every movie so far that makes me really uncomfortable and not want to watch like just skip over that scene. We talked about the girl 
like getting her head knocked off in the last movie, right? And then in this movie, it's that girl or her sister killing her her parents and herself at the same time. Just that whole scene where the camera's going through the house and you see the parents dead in their own bed. And then you see her with the tube connect to her mouth. So she's inhaling the, uh, the what's it called? The carbon monoxide. Yeah, the carbon monoxide. It's just, I don't know why. It's just like, it made me real uncomfortable. Maybe I just, I live too much in these movies where I'm like, I'm the character. I don't know. Um <laughs> But aside from that, it's not as bad as a young girl losing her head in the last movie. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, he's just really good at making a creepy movie. We, can we just skip everything before they get to the, the I don't even know, um, the cult? Can you just start talking about all the stuff at the cult, the cult land? Does that sound good? Hey, <laughs> cult man, land. They, as soon as they walked in, they were like, hey, I'm going to down these shrooms. And I'm just like... <laughs> Wait, y'all are going to a creepy lane where y'all don't know. Y'all are in the middle of a field. You know, we're going to take like these random shrooms. So, number one, you don't know what these shrooms have been laced with. Number two, this is a stranger giving you this. And number three, what the hell, guys? Well, it wasn't necessarily a stranger. It was their friend. Oh, he's a, yeah, you know what? I'm wrong. He's the worst friend. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> He's the worst friend. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll just say there are so many red flags. Like, you know, we got to nope the fuck out of here. And they never left. In fact, they, they were the opposite. They're like, oh, this will look good on my essay. Like, no, dude. They wanted more information after every red flag. They're like, hey, red flag people are dying. Yeah, there's more. Can you tell me more about these symbols, though? Hey, someone else just died. Um, well, what about this book? Hey, someone is missing. It's more than missing. My best friend is missing, but I just want to know, what about this book? I I will say, though, the one dude who scouted them all out and picked them all three, I don't think he could have done a better job of picking the three people that would work what they needed done. I just... I mean, like, honestly, he he needs to scout for, like, UT. (laughs) This is how Texas football can get back. Desire that got to be our scout. <laughs> I just he knows how to find the right target. <laughs> yes. How many people disappear before? You know, like when that one that one couple were trying to leave, and it's like she's packing her bag. She's like, "I'm going home," and then her boyfriend, her boyfriend is like, "Where's my boyfriend?" And they're like, "Oh, he he, we took him home already. We took him to the train station." She's like, "He wouldn't leave without me." Oh yeah, but we told him there's only room for one, so he he agreed. It's like, no way. No fucking way. Like, I would not leave my wife and assume they're going to bring her later when I'm already creeped out by what's going on. I just saw an old lady and an old man jump from a cliff themselves and kill themselves. And then someone with a giant hammer (laughs) smashed their head in after they were dead. Well, one was still alive and they just finished it off. They're like, oh, you didn't die? The fact that they did not leave after that, I don't feel bad for these people. I don't. And no, can we talk about, like, even while people are getting murdered in their face, the other, like, 30 people in the cult are mimicking their groanings and emotions (laughs) as they're doing it. And it's just like, no one's looking around, just like, 
hey, no, this is cool, guys. This is this is fine. It's just like, no, these other 30 people are not terrified. They're just like moaning with them. So you, me, and Yorton follow Pele to this camp. And Pele is the friend, I guess. That's his name. I don't know if it's Pele, Pell. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I'm just looking at IMDb. And we see that scene happen. I... I'm already done with this even before we get to But we look else. at him, we go, what the fuck, dude? We're going home. And the movie would end right then, actually. I don't know, man. After I have a bad trip on those shrooms, and I'm like, I kind of want to just go back home. <laughs> before the people jump off? Like, just, oh my gosh. But it just... Man, just like, because I know, Ray, you were talking about, like, when do we finally say nope? And I'm just like, dude, I don't even know if I make that trip. I mean, I I make it, and then once I see what I'm walking into, I'm like, oh, this is a fucking cult, like, right away. That's when I'm like, cool, we got an hour, and then we're leaving, you know? Like, because it's all, when you walk in, they say it's like a community, but that's just code word for cult. That's all that word means. (laughs) Yeah, it's a commune. Yeah, that's a cult. Um, yeah. And also, even though I'm white, <laughs> anytime I go to a commune and it's full of just nothing but like single race people, even white, I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Like, you guys have an agenda going on here. I'm, <laughs> this is weird. I'm getting the hell out well, of here. Well, th- to be fair, though, they're in a country that's like 99% white. So, <laughs> and blonde. I mean, they're. To be fair, to be fair, on that part, they're a cult. <laughs> yes, but what I'm saying though is, like, Comment. if you go to a place and they're all white, it's like, well, given to where you're at, that of course they're pretty much all white. Just telling you, it's strike one, and then strike two <laughs> is the fact that they all they're dressed like a cult, and strike three is the old people jumping and killing themselves. So the movie would have been over. So let's talk about general thoughts here. I mean, Jared, I feel like. We know what you're going to say. You kind of already said it. You just love this style of movie. You love the slow burns. And I actually thought this movie moved at a good pace. I'm more curious about Yorton. Yorton, what do you think about this movie? This is a movie that I will say, like, I just find interesting. It's a very interesting movie. And, like, it's a movie that I wouldn't, like, go see again. But I feel like. You know what? If you want to see a movie of like how people end up in cults or stuff like that, just I'm completely bombastic and everything, this is a good movie for. It. And these are like, hey, these are the hoarding sides. If you're in a group that's doing stuff like this, not even the murder stuff and everything, but like the screaming all together and everything like that, mm-hmm. you, you you might need to look and reassess your life at that point. I uh, man, I was gonna say something. I was gonna say. God damn it, I can't think of it. It was to build on what you just said. I can't think of it. My mind's racing me. Um, Jared, why don't you talk about it for a second? Okay, so what I really loved about this movie, that Ari Aster going into it was going through a breakup with his girlfriend. So one of the underlying theme, obviously, of Hereditary that we talked about, it was a horror movie, but the underlying theme was paying for the sins of your parents or just your you know the old adage like oh no we pay for the sins of our fathers so 
everything is like passed down. So that was the theme. It was just wrapped up in this horror story. So the theme for this movie was a breakup movie. So that was the underlying theme. So he broke up with his girlfriend. Um, and then he was like kind of heartbroken. He took it hard. And so he made a breakup movie, which happens to be a horror movie filmed in like 90% daylight, which was a really great like slasher horror cult movie. And I just think it's a, a mesh of like different subgenres of the horror franchise and just all came together perfectly in my eyes. No, it's not as good as Hereditary to me because of the acting, um, even though Florence Pugh is really good. But honestly, Tony Collette should have been nominated for plenty of awards in Hereditary. But I think it was just great the way it was filmed, the shot, the slow burn, the music, just everything together. And it's one of those movies that made you feel like very, very uneasy as you went through it yeah. because you're like, I'm I like, I feel out of place and I'm just watching a film. Like I'm on my couch or I'm in a movie theater and I'm just watching a movie. But as I'm watching this movie, I feel out of place. And then I'm even going to step on a little bit of my trivia. The reason when they were speaking in Swedish, they didn't do subtitles in English because they wanted you to feel out of place. So that feeling that they conveyed through the movie was actually intentional, which also makes it that much better. I will say, if I'm comparing it to Hereditary, I think I think this one, for the most part, is better. But Hereditary delivers more at the end, where this one just kind of ends. And it leaves you wondering, like, huh. Uh, but... Hereditary has an end, and you're like, holy shit. Like, it builds up to a climax, and this one just ends. You know, like, I feel like at this one, she made her choice. She she ultimately chose her boyfriend to be sacrificed, right? And she kind of just bought in. Is that what I'm... Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah, yeah, that's how I took it. She she joined the cult, pretty much. Yeah. So, she, I mean... She found her, her family, because yeah. to me, at least... Not knowing the director's history and everything and what I took away from this movie, a lot of this is just like someone just lost and trying to find their fa- uh, someone to... Yeah, they're drowning group of in grief and loneliness. Yeah. And <laughs> people can find some pretty messed up situations when they're lonely, and <laughs> she definitely did. Her boyfriend I mean, really no, could have stopped uh, all this. No, that is an actual reason why people do tend to join cults, because they're yeah. trying to find family. And uh, they're trying to find community. They're trying to find a way to gather. Um, and so she found that in this cult. I'm not going to get into organized religion, but that's also part of the reason why some people do join organized religions if they weren't indoctrinated as a child. Mm-hmm. You mean you're not lying. Um, and it's not always a bad thing. It's just be careful which which family you find, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm not, like, again, I'm not trying to demean anything. Absolutely. Um, it's just, like, it makes perfect sense why she did it. So, let's just let's just have our conversation. Let's just talk about some of the creepiest stuff that we saw here. Let's just do it. We talk about, we've already talked about the old people jumping to their death. We haven't talked about the fact that in a movie with so many boobs... I was so underwhelmed. <laughs> oh my god! Just old people with their sagging titties and ass, and when when he's having sex with that 
that red-haired girl and that old woman is pushing his butt to help thrust i was like you're not helping lady you're making this worse actually <laughs> when i was watching this movie i was like i gotta know what ray's reaction is because i know this is just driving him crazy <laughs> i'll just say there's no way he kept an erection there's no way it's impossible Dude, the guy was so high he didn't know what was going on he was literally high the entire fucking movie. <laughs> so we have that. We he was have extra high there. He was just like, Oof. we have the fact that they inbred like the children so much that like they're like the hills have eyes. They're just deformed yeah. people, and they <laughs> are dumb, and they use them as like spiritual writers of their their version of the bible like and it's just gibberish that they translate themselves it's just it's a crazy idea but that that guy was he was creepy he's wearing a mask of their friend at one point like the skin oh yeah um can we talk about the pubic hair that they use for the love potion and <laughs> just the artwork it's just like really creepy stuff without gore Oh, there's some gore. Like they de-skinned. I mean, yeah, pain. no, but it's and what I love about it. The like, just the creepiness factor of it, and just going back into the whole head smashing. How they like zoomed in and slow motion. It's just like, oh my god, oh oh, oh my god. Okay. So I'm trying mm. to. So oh, go ahead. No, I'm just trying to think. Like some man started this cult and was like. Yeah, yeah, when you're 70, you're going to jump from this this cliff right here. And, and then when you die, we're going even if you don't die, I have these hammers. Oh, cool, we have hammers. Let's use those hammers. We're going to we're going to smash their heads and we're going to come up with some purpose for that. Like he's just making this up and everyone buys into it. It's crazy to me. Well, it it sounds like from what I got from the movie is like this group is very old. Even the text and everything looks like it's straight up from Viking age old. You think and it's so, that old? Wow. Yeah. I'm thinking it's like yeah, 20 years old. No, 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 no. This, this, this is the group and everything, the way they were talking and everything, and then even the writing. A lot of the writing featured like uh, text from like Viking era and stuff. So I'm like, man, they've been around for a while. And that's how come actually uh, the guy, uh, the both of them were interested in the group was because that was their background is like pre uh history of man like cultures and Mm -hmm. uh and history i just i felt like it was missing an overall purpose like they said it was for the harvest but they didn't really dive into that too much and it would have been cool if at the end you see like a close-up of like plants and they're just ballooning faster than normal and you're like oh shit like it's not just a cult, like it's real. Like there's some the truth to what they're doing would have been even creepier. I don't know. That's just shooting off the top of my head there. Jared, are we crazy? Yeah, you are crazy. <laughs> um I I genuinely enjoyed the fact that it's a cult and it's just a crazy ass cult. Because <laughs> that's what most cults are. <laughs> they're just crazy ass cult and so I like the fact that it didn't have any like ulterior motive or mm-hmm. any deeper meaning that it's, hey, we're just an old school cult that goes by our rules and our rules happen to be very ridiculous. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, 
what other creepy scenes are there? There's too many to remember. I watched this movie two weeks ago. You know, in the span that I watched this movie, I was so ready to record that I ended up watching Dune and No Time to Die. So I'm trying yeah. to like remember everything that happened in this movie. I just remember, I really remember um, Florence Pugh being just really good in this movie. And there, the issue she has in her relationship with her boyfriend, just feeling like she doesn't want to put all of her pain and sorrow onto him and make him, you know, like push him away because she's always sad and that kind of stuff. That's like real life stuff that couples go through. And I've never seen it really shown in a movie like that. I thought that was really good. Um, man, what do you love about the movie the most, Jordan? Like I said, the, for me, the, the best part of the movie is just the, the, the camera work and shooting scenes and everything. And I, that that's the the best part of the movie i would say so i have a uh, me and my wife not, this is not like me flexing but we bought an 85 inch tv and watching this movie <laughs> in 4k uhd like on a giant tv i felt like i was on the plantation with them at times like it was so clear and so like it just bright and it just i felt like i was there i was like i feel like i'm with them eating this weird ass meal um it was really immersive and to go with that, I love the part after she won May Queen and they were having the celebratory like dinner after she won the contest, and that the flowers were just like kind of like moving yeah. as she was like in this sort of like state. And so when I watched this in theaters, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so entranced <laughs> by this scene!" And then I'm not obviously I've seen it multiple times over. And it's just like every time I watched that scene, I was like, this is my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. They didn't, I guess that's just the drug effects. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the only thing it could be, unless those flowers are really dancing. Um, let's go to categories here. Jared, what's your favorite scene? Uh, well, yeah, that uh, post, um, or that celebratory dinner that they had after the May Queen contest. Jordan, what's your favorite scene? Uh, you know what? Um, I'm trying to think of what what is this the first scene where you have, you know what? It, it's when the uh, old people are killing themselves, and then you have the cult just start screaming and everything when the one guy's yelling in agony when he, just because I felt like that just shows the like them trying to cover up everything and just like make everyone together yeah as a cult and i just thought that was a really good scene as creepy and messed up as it is that's probably the one of the scenes i will take away most from so i'm torn because i like the tension in that one scene when uh i can't remember his name but he's the one originally doing the paper on uh the cult and he he sneaks into like their holy room and starts like taking photos of the book and stuff and then he sees his friend and it turns out to be the inbred hillbilly with his friend's face on him it's just thought that was good but i I think with jared the way the camera lingers on florence Pugh at the end and you just see all these emotions on her face and then a slight smile as if she's like Okay, I found a family here, and even I though my boyfriend's my burning in a bear outfit right now, like it's just getting roasted, roasted, and yeah, 
How about those two people who just like volunteered? Or like, yeah, okay, we'll go burn. We'll go sit. Yeah. Or maybe they were chosen, but they were totally cool with it. Like for whatever for those the family. Those two, if I remember right, they volunteered. All I know is right. they were super cool with it, and yeah. that ain't right. But uh, that whole scene where it's just it shows the burning building, and it it really just shows a lot of Florence Pugh's face, and you see within like a thirty second span, just you could see the emotions without words. I thought it was just really well acted and well directed. So I guess I'll go with that scene. I think that's is that the same scene. You had Jared just, not, just a different. Oh part yeah, of it. we can we can go with that. I'm with that as well. Um, all right, best line. I mean, this it's not a movie with lines. You're gonna like write down like, oh, that was a smart line. Like it's unless you have one. I don't really have one, y'all. I'm trying to think uh, of anything. Is it the groaning <laughs> of the people? Yeah, we'll go with that. Whatever they're doing, uh, had a person screaming to make them feel better. And she sort of almost worked as like a brainwashing device on people, was the all the screaming together. So that's what I'll go with. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jared, you got one? Because I thought that was just a unique aspect in the movie. Mm-hmm. Jared, you got one? No, uh, I just. Sorry. This was the first one to pop up on IMDb, and it actually made me laugh. So, so we're just gonna ignore the bear then. Oh. So Simon said, "So we're yeah. just gonna ignore the bear then." Igmar says, "It's a bear." I, th- I didn't think that was funny. Yeah, it's a bear. Yeah, it's like, what are we? What are you talking about? It's a bear. And so, it's like, a bear. What do you want? To- <laughs> and so, no, that part is kind of like funny coming from like American culture. When we see a bear, we're just like. Hey, that's a bear. And, but then, like in other cultures, we're like, yes, yes, thank you for being observant. But to us, we're just like, that's what is a bear doing here? <laughs> it's a bear, bro. <laughs> I will say, there about it. Every everywhere we go, if there's a, in, like in our entire lives outside of a zoo, if there's a bear somewhere, we're just like, wait, wait. Am I the only one that sees that bear? <laughs> no one's going to talk about this bear. <laughs> Um, I don't want to dismiss this funny little bit of dialogue too. When uh, Will Poulter's like, "Are there ticks out here?" Like, you don't know how serious these ticks are. Like, and he's like really scared of these little ticks that may or not may or may maybe not exist out there. And he's just like, I think he wore two pair of socks in the movie. Like, it's just like a small nod, and he's just super afraid of these bugs. I thought it was a little clever bit. Um, MVP. So again, coming from. Oh, go ahead. The part of trivia. Uh, sorry. Um, Will Poulter, his character was actually channeling real-life director Ari Aster because Ari hates bugs and was wearing two pairs of socks. And he was always freaking out. So they wrote um, Will Poulter's character to have the same, like, ticks. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Jared, I just read on trivia, too, that there was an NC-17 version of this, and they had to cut it to rated R, but then they immediately released a director's cut. Have you seen the, the director's cut? No, because I don't have Apple TV. Well, that's the only way to do it? I guess yeah. I guess you could buy it. But anyway. A24 released it exclusively on there. Oh. But A24 has a partnership with the Criterion Collection. Got it. So I'm hoping it comes out on the Criterion Collection soon. All right, MVP. We have Ari Aster and Florence Pugh. I mean, oh, God, that just made me sound pretentious. Fuck me. <laughs> it's all right. 
You're pretentious. You have, you have staples in your head. Um, so Ari Aster, I, I, I truly love when singer-songwriters write, like just musicians write their own stuff and perform their own stuff. And he is a guy who writes his own screenplays and directs his own screenplays. So I, I appreciate that about him. And that's, that's, it's hard to ignore that when you're talking about MVP of the movie, but then you also have to talk about Florence Pugh who gave a really phenomenal, phenomenal performance and really put her on the map. I mean, this is where she gets the black widow role because of this movie. And she, she's kind of blowing up. I enjoyed her in Black Widow. She, she was the best I mean, artist. she was the only good part about that movie. I like Black Widow. The dad? You didn't like the dad? Come on. That movie sucked. You're hard David on it. Harbour That's a done fun so movie. Better. Anyway, who's the MVP of this movie? Um, I gotta go, like, Florence Pugh, obviously, I really want to say that, but, like, Ari Aster, just, like, I feel like no matter what this man is gonna try, he's gonna be successful at it, so... He's just so good at everything he does. I got to go with him. Jordan? Yeah, uh, the woman actress, I, I felt like she did the best and really held her scenes and everything with it. And I I thought it was a very uh, interesting story of just how she learned to love a cult of all the... I mean, it really is a slow descent into that, that kind of madness. And you see it happen throughout the movie. Um I'll say Florence Pugh wins the movie because of what happens after this movie's released for her. But I would say the MVP of the movie is Ari Aster just because it's it's his baby, you know. He wrote and directed it and made it as good as it was. Six Man, I'm gonna say Will Bolter. I don't know who you got, Jared. Um, I don't know. I gotta go Pele. I thought he was just good at everything he does because. Obviously, when you finish the movie, you start to look back at, like, you start to think you're just like, Pele was, he was in it the whole time. He just he played this. He's been conning him for then, years. Yeah. And then, so, obviously, when you watch it multiple times, you pick up on how, like, good he is at just, like, as Jordan said earlier, like, scouting and then playing the game. And so, like, nah, I got to give Pele my, my sixth man because he's just... Like, especially on a rewatch, he's just so good at everything he does. And knowing he's in on it from the start, again, on the sec- on the second or third watch, you're just like, man, this guy's good. You pick up on a lot of things where you're like, oh, that's how he's convincing them. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I bet you this movie is better on a rewatch, too. Like, it was good already, but I wonder if you do pick up stuff. That's, that's an interesting thing. He, he has movies, like the first one. Sorry, I just looked up this movie and I'm on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and the first image is of that inbred person. And Oh, sorry. <laughs> just ruined my train of thought. Um, yeah, so I feel like if you watch Hereditary again, you'd pick up on stuff you know that you missed the first time now that you know the ending. Um, Yorton, who, who, who's your sixth man? I'll go the same, Pele. Okay. Anything you want to nitpick for this movie or fix for this movie, Jared? Um, my only issue was since I was a big, um, when I very first watched it and I didn't feel that way when I watched it, um, this time and every other other time, but just the very first time I did nitpick it because I felt, um, cheaty, the character who was the black guy. Um, 
I felt like he was playing too closely of a character to his character in The Good Place. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I was like, ah, he feels like cheaty. He feels like cheaty. And now that, like, obviously Good Place is behind us and he's moving forward, like, you know, watch it again. It doesn't really feel like that. But at that time on my first watch, I'm like, why? Like, it just feels like he's the same character in Good Place. But he's not. Well, I've only seen like two episodes of Good Place, so it didn't bother me. <laughs> um, my nitpick is it just, I guess, going into it, I thought I, I was expecting this explosive ending and I, it was just so subtle. But I think that gets better over time when you realize it's just a very subtle movie. And it, I, my expectations were off, I guess. But it's so, God, this movie's really good. Um, Yorton, any nitpicks? Did I already ask you? I don't think I have any nitpicks. Uh, it uh, just because the, this is just one of the movies that's so much based around the director and the writing. It's like it, he, the man got to ch- uh, tell his story, and so I'm not going to nitpick something where the guy just had like free reign to tell his story. I felt like it's like it worked. It's good. Jared, hit us with uh, one or two bits of trivia here. Uh, all right. Where I talked about um, how Will Poulter was about uh, was handling a lot of mannerisms mm-hmm. for um, Ari, and I talked about how it was intentional that anytime they were speaking Swedish, they never had the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they never had the uh, oh gosh subtitles. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> subtitles, uh, and so. Actually, when this movie was shown in Sweden, a lot of Swedish people found it hilarious and they really thought the movie was more of a dark comedy more than anything else. Why? I don't get it. Because they didn't have the tension of the people not understanding the people. Oh. So remember, remember to us, they're foreigners. This is a yeah. foreign land. And so they intentionally create this environment. I told you, Ari intentionally created this environment to make you feel like you're not from there. But when people from there and have experienced like a midsummer or like understanding what the people are saying, like they're not in on it because they are it. I get it now. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I thought uh, that was in those are the three bits of trivia that were the best part. But no, I just thought it was funny. Like, no, those guys were like, oh, no, this is this is a comedy, right? And they're like, uh, go watch this in America and talk to an American about it. Fair enough. Um, thank you for that. Y'all ready for Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, sir. Here we go. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. All right. So I think Yorton won last week finally, and he's catching up. He's only three behind Jared, but we really only have like, what? I don't know, seven, eight weeks left. So, um, Jared, you go first. What do you think this movie got in Rotten Tomatoes? Hey, I love this movie, and I think people are coming around to Ari. So I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna shoot for a ninety. Ooh, he's going that high. high. For ninety. Wow. All right. Just because you think. I mean, it was people were upset. It was left out of the Oscar. The Oscars. I mean, I felt. Like and was, I mean, it was just a beautifully shot movie, and so I just think like 
this scratches the edge of a lot of those pretentious critics and I don't know. I just think this is a general like again, I probably scored higher in Rotten Tomatoes than Hereditary, but I feel Hereditary is an outright better movie. But I feel like the critics like this one more. I feel like at least Florence Pugh should have been nominated. She was pretty good. Um Yorton, what does this movie get and why? I think Oh, I, I, I was going to go... The night is throwing you for a loop. I, it's just like, it's just such a hard movie to pick on that one. I don't know how the credits are going to go. I'm going to go, I was going to go a bit lower, but now I'm probably going to go about an 85. I was thinking around 78 before, and then you guys were talking about the Oscars stuff, so I was going to raise it a bit. I'll go 85. I love how you raise it when we tell you it didn't get nominated. <laughs> what kind of thing? No, but, it had, no, but it, had, it had talk. It had Oscar oh, okay. buzz. That's what I was going with. Well, it Not helped you it, because this movie got an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's a okay. pretty good score. I'm not going to lie. If you're in the 80s and Rotten Tomatoes, you made a damn good movie. Because Rotten Tomatoes is can be unforgiving at times. Um, Hereditary, if we go back, got an 89. So it's it's very close. I mean, for your first two movies in the 80s, that's pretty damn good. Um, I don't really have any questions. 99. <laughs> um, <sighs> Roger Ebert was not alive to watch this movie, so I have nothing to say there. Um, I will say the budget was only nine million dollars, and it made forty-eight million. So this dude makes a a blockbuster on a budget, so that's good for him. I'm sure he can kind of do whatever he wants. Like, oh yeah, if you're gonna make us all this money for cheap, please. I mean, there wasn't really much to I could see that would take up a budget. So yeah. <laughs> um, what's next? Oh yeah, hey, would y'all recommend this movie? I know, I know, Jared. Don't even talk. We know. Yes, you. We know your answer, Jordan. Would you recommend this movie? I, you know what, I might just. Uh, I give it funny enough. I'm going to say, man, this is a good movie for people to see just to show warning signs of like, hey, stay away from this topics and make you realize how cults start mm-hmm. or how people join cults. That's what I'll go with. <laughs> I'm, I would definitely recommend this movie. I think it's a really beautifully shot movie. I think it's beautifully acted. I think it's just a really good story as well because it, it just leaves you wanting to know what's going to happen. What's happening? What's happening here? Well, holy shit. They just jumped from the cliff. What's happening here? Are they going to die? Like It just leaves you wanting to know what's going on the entire time. and It's, it's really stressful and also entertaining. I highly recommend this movie. I don't think I'm going to watch this over and over again, though. This is a movie I may show somebody once, but like, Jared, you got something about you that I'm kind of worried about. That where you're like rewatching this these kind of movies over and over again. <laughs> like this is these are too unsettling for me to rewatch over and over again. Jared, buddy, buddy, <laughs> I am dead inside. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with you being dead inside. I think you just like feeling like you are going to get like killed or like taken in by a cult or kidnapped or something. I don't know. I think you you live on the edge, man, and it freaks me out. Hey, man, y'all, I 
I watch over 200 movies a year now. So damn. It's, yeah, I think I think I'm I think I'm hitting because I mean I'm doing 31 Nights of Terror Part how's Two it, this month. How's that going? So, um, sorry, uh, listeners. Let me bring it up. Yes, sir. Um, I've watched. 25 so far, or 26. I've watched 26 so far. Um, this year has been much better than last year. Uh, so definitely want to tell the people. I mean, Ray, we're going to do a bonus episode coming up very, very soon about our favorite horror films. But yeah, man, like just some of the shit that I haven't seen before and I'm finally now watching, like Evil Dead. That movie mm-hmm. was amazing. Or Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Evil Dead 2. Um, and then obviously, you know, the conjuring pops back up, love the conjuring. Uh, so I watched the VHS franchise, the VHS franchise has some hits and misses. Um, there's this movie called the climax. It's another a 24 movie. That's actually pretty fucking crazy. Um, and then I've watched a couple horror classics such as Rosemary's baby, um, the original Carrie 1976. Um, and then, um, another classic called Phantasm, which that movie was extremely underwhelming, um, for how many people keep saying that's a classic film, but yeah. And then obviously I've added probably the newest war film, which is Halloween kills that just came out. You can watch it on Peacock and in theaters. So, yeah, I heard that was, uh, underwhelming. Um, they essentially took Halloween a horror franchise slasher stalker franchise and turned it into a fucking action movie. Oh, they sequelized <laughs> it too much. I mean, let that franchise breathe. It, it's there's so many movies. Let's move on real quick. Yorton, no hall of yes. fame for you either. No, no hall of fame for me on this. Though. I do want to say though, this is probably a top six, seven movie we've watched on the podcast. It's just way too damn uncomfortable to watch over and over again. Um, for my taste, at least. Well, now we move on. Yorton, for someone who hates horror movies, you have to tell us which horror movie we're going to watch next week. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, there's a movie I wanted to see. I thought it was a really interesting aspect in a horror movie. And it's Don't Breathe. And I just think that's a very interesting aspect of or I haven't seen it, so I'm sort of sort of curious about it. I've just always seen previews for it, and I always think that might be a movie I'd want to see. And so it's, now I'm going to have a chance to see it. So these last two movies, Midsummer and Don't Breathe, are not your typical horror movies. Like we were having a conversation before the pod. Like, is this a horror movie? You know, it is. It's a different type of horror movie, but it's not your typical Halloween movie. I think that's fun that we're doing that though. <laughs> All right, so next week we're watching Don't Breathe. Jared, you've seen this, huh? Oh, yeah. I watched it in theaters when it first came out. Pretty good. I haven't seen it since, so I'm excited to rewatch it. The trailer, I remember the trailer very, very well, and I was like, oh, shit, this looks good. Cool. All right, y'all. So until next time, we will see you later. Take care. <laughs>